Hey everyone, welcome back to another exclusive Inside the Hashes player interview with defensive back from Tulane, P.J. Hall. Take a listen. All right, so how can, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the highs and lows from this past season, both uh, as a team and as a player? As a team, I think our highs were, you know, towards the beginning of the season, when we kind of went on that run, I think we were 5-1, 4-1, on and off to Auburn. And I think our defense played really good that game, uh, in the bowl game, of course, against Southern Miss as a low. I think it was that back end of the season, and that was probably the low for me individually also. Uh, starting with that loss to Memphis, then to Temple, and, you know, going on the goose to SMU, just those back-to-back heavy losses. Uh, I think that that hurt me and the team a lot. So the American Athletic Conference, you mentioned a couple teams, obviously, from that conference. It was pretty stacked this year. What can you what can you talk about uh, playing in the in the AAC? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of good players in the AAC. Like, you know, we had a whole Power 16 going on, and I'm not just saying that because I play in it, but, like, if you look at the numbers, uh, it's some good teams. Uh, like I said, Memphis, Cincinnati, UCF, SMU. Like, it's a lot of competition in the American Conference. So, um, and we played against the Power Five competition and, you know, we've held our own up against Power Five competition. So I don't really see how we get a bunch of slack, I guess you could say, about not being a Power Five conference. No, that's one thing I've learned is uh, this whole Power Five thing is a little bit over, over uh, overrated at this point. There's so many good players and good teams that come out of the quote-unquote smaller conferences these days that it's just – it's not even the same. It's no, no. It's not a Power Five anymore. Because you're right. You guys are a great, great conference. Yeah, exactly. And usually have a couple guys go first round every year too. So I mean, you can't say the the competition is not there. No, I could I could name a lot of Power Five schools that won't have anybody in the first round. So right, right. So going back to high school, you had a lot of offers coming out of high school. Uh, what was it about Tulane that attracted you to want to go and play there? Uh, it was mainly Coach Fritz. Uh, I mean, like, you look at his resume, he's going to, I wouldn't say bad schools, but schools that haven't been successful in terms of football, and he's turning them around. So I saw that with him going to Tulane. I kind of wanted to be a part of that, you know, being in that class that changed Tulane around. And on top of that, Tulane's degree, second to nine, I mean, it was a win-win for me. On top of that, the conference, I was playing against good competition. No, it was a perfect storm of good opportunities. That all that all makes perfect sense. You know, the education, yeah. too, like you mentioned, that's that's an underrated thing because that's a great school. So coming up through your career, you played both corner and safety. Uh, which one do you prefer yeah. and, and why? I think I prefer, prefer safety. Uh, just because safety, you know, being on the back end, I got more vision. It's easier to see everything, uh, and I would need my game. Um, I study the game. So being back there, I'm able to see more of what's going on rather than when I'm at corner. Uh, it kind of opens my field of vision. But, I mean, either one, I mean, I just like playing football. But I had to choose, I would say, safety, just because of where I'm at on the field. I can make more plays right there. Okay. 
So for people yeah. that haven't seen you play, what style of defensive back are you? Like what kind of what's if you had to, you know, put to put a style on what what your type of play is? What would you say? I would say I'm a I'm a man to man type of defensive back, uh, press man. I line up in the slot. I play corner, like you said. I mean, I line up on the corner. I mean, I line up outside on the corner uh, on the receivers. Straight man to man. That was our defense. Uh, one high man to man. So I played a lot, whether it was on the outside or in the slot. I was bumping around a lot. All right. One thing when I was uh, looking up some. Some information on you. One of the what I thought was one of the cooler things I saw is that some players and coaches from your team they had a pretty unanimous thought that you were, if not number one, one of the smartest players on the team. And and everything I read was was how how intelligent of a football player you are. So what can you what have you done to to help yourself become a smart football player? Because there's being a smart person obviously, but then there's being a smart football yeah. player. So what have you done to try to make yourself a more intelligent player on the field? I mean, basically just watching um, my freshman year. That's when I really started learning football, I would say. Um, my coach, Coach Hamp, Chris Hampton, uh, he's at Duke right now. But um, when I was a freshman, I had two NFL corners in front of me, uh, Perry Nickerson and Donnie Lewis. So I wasn't getting much play time in terms of the game. So well, I had to learn in the film room. I didn't have those physical reps. I only I was only getting mental reps. So uh, that's why I kind of just started picking up on stuff, watching them, listening to my coach. And then once I hit my sophomore year, just, you know, now I'm getting more physical reps. And then it started to click even more. No, that's a good story. You made the most of your time, even though that's a good lesson, I guess, for a lot of players. Just because you're not on the field doesn't mean you can't improve. So. Right. So yeah. tell me about the turnover beads. How did that get started? Uh, in terms of the J.J. McCluskey, that's the uh, the corners coach. I believe he came up with it. Uh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna give anybody else credit if you know if that's the wrong person. But I believe he came up with it after you know Miami started everything with the uh, with the chain. Then next year he kind of came up with the bees and it ties into you know New Orleans Mardi Gras. Got the Mardi Gras colors, so. Yeah, I mean, the bees are fine, though. No, I read about that. I thought that was awesome that you guys did that. I, I loved even, like, when Miami did the chain. It's just whatever gets everybody jacked up, you know. I, I, I There's no downside to having that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was always good when the chains came out. Oh, heck yeah. So, uh, coming up, were there any uh, any defensive backs that you kind of looked up to or tried to model your game after or, or growing up? Yeah, I kind of I just watched everybody. Of course, I had those main guys I watched, like everybody else, like Tom Matthew, Daryl Reeves, Ed Reed. Like, I just watched those guys. But I wouldn't say I just modeled my game after everybody. I kind of just watched and took what other guys did and kind of see, you know, if that worked for me, if it didn't work for me, and kind of molded it into my own game. Throughout your career, you know, you played in a great conference and played some great out-of-conference opponents. Who were, who were some of the tougher guys you went up against? Well, quarterback, for sure, uh, Baker Mayfield. He played them the year he won the Heisman. Uh, that was the first time I played against a quarterback that, you know, called audibles himself instead of looking to the sideline. Uh, so, uh, him, uh, Corlin Sutherland, uh, we played him. 
freshman and sophomore year from SMU to this year, I would say probably per se from uh, SMU. Their whole receiving core, their quarterback, uh, they were pretty good. Yeah, you went up against some good players. Did Baker talk a lot of junk? Uh, yeah, you know he he he, <laughs> he doing smack talking, but <laughs> they kind of ran up the score on us, so he didn't play for long. But I mean, once he got in the game, Kyler Murray came in, so oh man, dang with that. <laughs> That's crazy. I forgot that. It's right that he backed him up. Yeah, that's that's yeah, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you doing anything to uh, you know, getting ready for the draft? I know in this time of social distancing, staying in shape probably gets a little bit more difficult. What do you what have you been up to? Uh yeah, uh, I'm still going to the field. Uh, I go to the field, get a workout in, run. Really the same thing. The only difference is uh I can't really get in the gym and lift you know, actual weights. So I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff, uh, like squats, push-ups, little stuff like that. But, I mean, workout-wise, I'm still getting in workouts every day, uh, drills, all those little things. It's good, man. Stay sharp. That's great. So uh, last question for you is, if you could give advice to anybody coming up, somebody getting ready to play some big-time college football coming out of high school, what kind of what kind of pointers would you give to somebody? I can give them one pointer. It would be to stay in the playbook hard. I feel like that's why most guys don't play their freshman year, rather than not being ability, but, you know, you can't play as fast when you don't know what's going on. So if you're able to learn the playbook, you can play fast. It'll get you on the field fast. It's not really athletic ability. Uh, everybody's athletic. That's how they got to college. Uh, so I would say that. Solid advice. Well, PJ, we really yeah. appreciate your time, man. I wish you the best of luck in your career, and we'll be watching and rooting for you. So just uh, stay safe, and I hope everything works out for you. All right, you too. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to another exclusive Inside the Hashes player interview. Check out all of our content at InsideTheHashes.com and on all social media platforms at InsideTheHashes. Thank you.